Welcome to day 150 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today complete the book of Esther. We're reading chapters 9 and 10. Here's some thoughts to guide your reading for today. Chapter 9 describes the great reversal of fortunes for the Jews in Persia in somewhat graphic detail. On the day that Haman had chosen for the Jews' destruction, a day chosen by the roll of the dice, or the Pur, a reversal took place and the opposite of Jewish persecution occurred. The enemies of God's people were instead vanquished themselves. The numbers of enemies killed is likely symbolic and hyperbolic. The narrative is reminiscent of books like Joshua and Judges, where those who hated Israel were eliminated, but none of the spoils of war were taken by the Jews. The final blow to the plot of Haman is the death of his many sons, who are then, like their father, impaled in public display. After the successful defense of their existence, the Jews break out in a day of feasting and joy. Mordecai asserts himself as one with the authority to establish not only Persian law, but also Jewish law. Indeed, Mordecai's establishment of the commemorative celebration marks the only Jewish festival instituted by the Hebrew Bible outside of the Torah. This annual festival, the Feast of Purim, celebrates the relief and reversal of Jewish fortunes. As part of keeping the festival or this great reversal, food is distributed among the community and gifts are given to the poor. Although establishing a festival may seem a bit anticlimactic for such a dramatic book, it should be remembered that the Jewish people understood their history not just as something to be read, but something to be re-embodied and even lived out. By reliving and rehearsing this great reversal in the life of Esther and Mordecai, and the deliverance that God gave them through them, in such unexpected ways, if they live that out, perhaps they will learn how to then extend that great grace and reversal to others. The very brief chapter 10 serves as a kind of coda to the story. Like his ancestor Joseph, Mordecai had unexpectedly risen to the right hand of the world's most powerful ruler for the sake of saving his people. There's much in this wonderful little book about God's presence, even in what is perceived as absence. There's much about the unique ways that God uses his people, even in an empire whose values are so contrary to God's purposes. And we learn a lot about the continual hope that God can reverse even the direst of circumstances. But I love that in these last chapters, the book of Esther is turned from a story to an annual festival. When the story is read each year by the Jews at the Feast of Purim, they're taught to boo and hiss each time Haman's name is mentioned. And the reader must read the names of Haman's sons quickly, dismissively, and all in one breath. So Esther can't just be read, it has to be lived. Tomorrow, we move on to a longer and more challenging, but no less important book, the book of Job. In Esther, God appeared to be absent, but was present in this great redemptive reversal. In Job, God also seems to be silent and absent. But Job will wonder if God meets him even in his suffering. So, we start with Job tomorrow. We're reading chapters 1 through 3 and Psalm 64. I'll talk to you tomorrow.